D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista, the proud home of Golsh, which I have consumed a couple of this week. Darren, happy Wednesday to you. Uh, happy Wednesday to you. I would think that you're probably going to be consuming a couple more a little later on today as it is a Wednesday. We've got day two, match week, or what is it, game week two of, of Champions League. So we've got the second go-through here for a lot of these clubs, including your club. So I would imagine I'm getting very jealous seeing you all the time posting pictures of yourself at Three Punk Ales drinking Golsh. Yes, I try to do it between uh, noon and three just for you. I've noticed. I've definitely noticed that. That's also when the soccer matches are. I get it. So I know. The timing, that's what the timing is. Uh, Yeah, we are recording before Chelsea uh, play their Champions League match on the road. I do not expect Christian Pulisic to start in this one, Darren. No, of course. I'm surprised he's even still with the club. As Chelsea just continues to hate America, and as Chelsea just uh, continues to do everything it can to sabotage the U.S. men's national team. Defend your club. Well, uh, Darren and I have been discussing this story of Christian Pulisic in West London, and whether or not Pulisic will earn more playing time, get more playing time, or when he is given playing time, if he will make a difference on the pitch. We've been discussing that for a couple of weeks now. I feel like it's been nonstop in our group text, in our WhatsApp app. Yes. Yeah, we've been... (laughs) Every weekend, I have to stick up for America, and Darren's switching... No, you're not. You're not at all. You're not sticking up for America. You're sticking up for Chelsea. You've got some conflict here, and we all understand it, that you've got some conflict with Chelsea... And Christian Pulisic in the U.S. men's national team. No conflict. I'm able to separate the two. You were no, you're threatening. You're, you're trashing Pulisic in our group text. I'm not. What are you talking about? I told him to earn more minutes. He needs to earn more minutes if you want him playing. And all I've said is this is just so predictable. That's my only point. I don't think that Christian Pulisic have some, has some divine right to start for Chelsea. It's not what I'm suggesting at all. But he did sign under a different manager who was totally blindsided by the signing. He then is making or or signed for 73 million on the trans. He can't play in any match other than the Carabao cup. Apparently. I know he played a couple of times early to some, some halfway decent reviews, Mm -hmm. but uh, my concern is this. And I think my concern is very valid. And, and again, it's, it's not the concerns of Chelsea and it's not the concern of Chelsea fans like Jordan, Unless they're half in the U.S. men's national team camp and half in the Chelsea camp, which you may or may not be. I don't even know who you who you care more about, Chelsea or the U.S. men's national team. They're very team. different. Very different. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, able to separate the two well, very easily. Well, I also easily. don't have any problem with anybody who likes their club more than their national team. I really don't have any problem with that at all. I don't. But that's neither here nor there. That's a yeah, subject for Darren a separate... and I were discussing which national team to support this next World Cup. Exactly. <laughs> I said I was going to support... He was ready. He texted me. He was ready to switch nationalities because of what Chelsea's doing to Pulisic. Pretty much. Well, that was a... Two- I, I am concerned, for the record. Yeah. I am concerned I for Pulisic. And the first moment this season where I was, okay... Maybe there is some question marks here because I've been in the camp that year one's going to be the worst year of a five-year deal. Mm-hmm. He needs some time. He is not one of these players. He, he's part of the the young talent, the young wave with Chelsea. But the difference for Pulisic is he's not one of the guys that's coming from the academy who has been there for a couple of years, like other guys, like Mason Mount, who came through the academy, like Hudson Adoy, who has already had significant time playing for Chelsea in Champions League matches and Prem matches. For me, Pulisic, the first time where I got concerned with him was against Grimsby Grimsby Town. I can't even say the club's name. In the Carabao Cup, Chelsea scored seven goals, so you would think really, really good. However, I watched that entire match. Pulisic was mostly invisible. 
He got an assist very late. I think it was. He doesn't this, play. He's got no confidence. So the manager playing, may or may not like him. He may have not wanted him. I, we, you know, I think that these are all fair questions. This is why we have the perfect guest on this podcast. But again, I mean, for me, it's it's not that. I, I saw what is this guy's name? His name is Charles Broham or Boehm. I don't know who he is. He writes for four four two, but he wrote something about entitled U.S. fans. They're griping and they're fretting about Christian Pulisic's playing time. Hey, listen, Charles, Yeah, we're scarred emotionally from missing out on the World Cup, and I'm going to use this opportunity to remind everybody that World Cup qualifying is August. So if Christian Pulisic is rotting on Chelsea's bench for the next few months until the January transfer window, if that's where they're going to make decisions on William and Pedro, or if he's rotting on the bench all year, none of this helps the U.S. men's national team get into the World Cup. Now, they should still qualify for the World Cup. We all agree with that, whether Pulisic is playing or getting regular minutes at Chelsea or not. They should. They should. They should. But they should have last cycle through, too. And they didn't. So, you know, you'll forgive me if I'm getting a little bit paranoid about Christian Pulisic's playing time, especially given how much they they needed him last cycle through, even though it was a wasted effort to qualify. So that's all I'm saying. Like, some of this stuff was predictable. The Chelsea has a long history of revolving door managers, of not, uh, um, I'm not putting Pulisic in the same category as a De Bruyne or a Salah, but there is a history there with your club and young players, correct? So, you know, and then you factor in the money, and all of it starts to say, oh, man, what the hell is going on here? Salah wasn't that young with us. I mean, what the hell is going on here? Because, again, a lot of this stuff isn't, I don't watch it enough to know whether he should or shouldn't. You said he was lost in the Carabao Cup. He was. <laughs> You're the only person that watched that. I know. ESPN um, Plus, baby. But but you would agree, like, some of us were a bit concerned about this. It's it's not through the benefit of hindsight. Some of us were concerned about some of the stuff we're discussing today when he signed there. Yeah, yeah. The concern is he's not getting he's not getting enough minutes to make you comfortable going into a World Cup cycle. But that was going to be a stretch no matter what, as he elevated the league and elevated the club that he went to. So there was going to be more competition. I, I just want him to play. I mean, I it doesn't I, have to be a Chelsea. So do I. And the first time where I thought maybe this won't be perfect is, like I said, when he was invisible in a match against Grimsby Town. But that's just 90 minutes, so I'm not going to go too far with that. I think the best time to assess this, and I think the best time for the club to assess it, and for Pulisic to assess the situation, is after the season. Not a couple matches into year one of a five-year deal, when he is losing time to veterans and other more talented players who play a similar position that Frank Lampard is going with. Now, we say all this. We don't know if he's in the lineup, if he's starting for Chelsea in Champions League. My guess is that he's not starting for Chelsea, and my guess is that he probably won't even get off the bench. But who knows? Someone like Darren and I, we can guess. We can talk about this every single week. But someone who actually spoke with Christian Pulisic is Joe Prince Wright from NBC Sports. We've had Joe Prince Wright on the podcast a couple times. You can follow him on Twitter at JPW underscore NBC Sports. He is a must follow for fans of the Premier League. And uh, both Darren and I follow him and we enjoy it. We saw it over the weekend that Joe was able to track down the one and only Christian Pulisic after the Chelsea match. So, Joe, we're definitely going to start there. What was that like? What is it like tracking down the American star following a match? Well, to be honest, it was relatively easy because there's not a lot of people trying to talk to him right now because he's not getting on the pitch. Um, so, obviously, spoken to Pulisic a lot in the past uh, during his U.S. national team days and seen him come up through the ranks. So, he came over, we had a chat, uh, and, you know, he's a little bit, you know, shoulders slumped. He was a little bit disappointed, you could tell. Uh, but, you know, it, it was fun. We were sort of on the sidelines at Stanford Bridge 
uh, after a big win for Chelsea at home in the Premier League. And if I'm thinking about some of the other places I've spoken to Christian in the past, um, it's amazing to see how far he's come. Uh, but there's no doubt about it, lads. He is having a tough time at Chelsea to start the season. And the main thing I took away from this conversation is, although he was disappointed, he told me, you know, I asked him, is this frustrating? He said, of course, really frustrating. I just want to play and I'm going to work my hardest to go on the pitch. But there was this kind of a, a steely determination, shall we say, that you all good players have, where even though he's disappointed, you could tell that he's doing everything uh, within, within his uh, capabilities to get back on that pitch. So um, always good to catch up with him. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting few months for him over here in England. You know, Joe, I, I guess I'll just ask the simplest question possible. Why, why isn't he playing at all? Well, obviously he did at the start of the season, Darren, and he kind of, you know, in fits and starts played well against Norwich, had an assist, uh, the Super Cup final had an assist. Uh, and then, if I'm honest, he's playing within himself a little bit. He seems a little bit nervous. He's not really taking many risks, a lot of sideways, backwards passes. Uh, and it seems to me that he's maybe just a little bit of a rabbit caught in the headlights in the Premier League with the, the physicality, the pace. It's different to Dortmund. And let's not forget, he, he wasn't a regular for Dortmund for large spells of last season. And then he had a big summer with the U.S., played well in the Gold Cup, but then went straight into preseason, no breaks. Um, so I think he hasn't really had the time, number one in England and number two around this squad, to really settle in and feel at home. And some of the things I'm hearing is that you know, maybe he isn't uh, one of the lads, shall we say, yeah. He's still taking time to, to settle in. There's a young squad at Chelsea, Abraham, Mount, Tamori, all of a similar age. So you'd think he'd have a lot in common with these guys. But uh, I think he's taking his time to settle in. He told me that he loves the city, loves London. Um, but that kind of settling in period, coupled with some, you know, six or six out of ten or five out of ten displays, and then, of course, you have Willian coming back from injury. You have Callum Hudson-Odoi coming back from injury. Mason Mount playing superbly out wide. So there's a lot of factors here. I don't think he's played terribly, but he's just done okay. And just doing okay isn't enough for Chelsea and isn't enough in the Premier League for Pulisic. Joe, one of the big storylines coming into this season for Pulisic is the fact that Frank Lampard is his manager. And it's not sorry, the manager that was with Chelsea when Chelsea went out and signed Christian Pulisic. So how would you describe his relationship with his manager, Frank Lampard, Christian Pulisic, and their future together? I asked him about Lampard and sort of said, you know, as he give you any specific feedback and like an arm around the shoulder, stuff to do, stuff to work on. And, he, you know, Christian kind of just smirked and just said, not so much. Not so much. Uh, so I get a feeling there that Frank's just trying to not teach him a lesson, but kind of let him know that this is how life is at a top club in England in the Premier League. Um, I don't think they really have a, a wonderful relationship yet. I know that Lampard likes him as a player. I've asked him myself, and he rates him very highly. But there is a feeling, I know, amongst a lot of U.S. fans, maybe in particular, that the young English players are being favoured over Christian right now. The fact that Chelsea, uh, you know, Chelsea has so many great academy products there for Lampard to choose, and he's a Chelsea legend. Maybe he'll, you know, favour them and uh, the whole Chelsea academy product situation. But I don't see that. I think you know Lampard's going to pick the best eleven, no matter where you come from in the world. So I think that's a non-issue. I think that it, it is a little bit concerning that early on it seems like they've made their mind up about Pulisic and that he needs more time to develop. 
maybe as a personality as well as a player. And some of these other young English guys who've come through the academy, who've done a few seasons in the championship, they may be a bit more battle-hardened, shall we say, than, uh, than Pulisic. So I don't think it's got off to a great start, the relationship. But I think in the long term, it will probably be better than playing from Rizzo Sarri because we all saw that interview when Pulisic first signed. Sarri didn't even uh, really acknowledge who he was or you know that he didn't uh, have a hand or a say in signing him. So Lampard rates him. I don't think anyone should be you know worried about that. Uh, but I think right now, you know, he is probably fourth or fifth choice winger at Chelsea, and that's not where everyone thought he would be at right now. And the only thing for Pulisic is, you know, looking at some of the other wingers that are ahead of him, Pedro and William. How long, much longer have they got at Chelsea? Maybe twelve months. Uh, so he might have to just, you know, ride this storm a little bit, ride the bench, try and progress in training, uh, and but. You know, Lampard's going to trust on him in the future. And I think Lampard's going to be there at least, you know, a couple of seasons at least. See, Joe, this is now the difference between Jordan and myself, is Jordan's trying to juggle a couple of different things here because he's a Chelsea supporter and he's a fan of the U.S. men's national team, whereas I don't care about (laughs) Chelsea at all. All I care about in this conversation is the U.S. men's national team. So when I hear you say 12 months, I think to myself, well, we're like nine months away from World Cup qualifying. So I, I don't, you know, that makes me a little bit worried that he's still behind Pedro and he's still behind William and he's behind four or five players at Chelsea there. So, so you know, I do become a little bit paranoid because I'm still scarred from missing out on the World Cup last cycle through. And I wonder how it is that I should expect Christian Pulisic to get better if the next 12 months is basically going to be an apprenticeship. Yeah, and you know, Darren, I asked him that question. So there's a lot of people back in the U.S. who are a little bit concerned about what is this the wrong move for you? Is this the wrong move for your career? Have you got any kind of message for them to kind of calm things down a little bit? And he said, you know, it's never going to be easy here. I knew that. I knew that coming in. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. He wanted to test himself, wanted to challenge himself in the Premier League. And it is worrying if you're a U.S. national team fan because when you look around and (laughs) Lampard's in a situation where he has to play players who are in form, playing well, and I don't know if you can necessarily take a chance on saying, you know what, I really like Christian Pulisic. He's a really good young player. Let's give him some minutes. Let's give him some more opportunities. You have to grab those opportunities with both hands. So at the moment, I don't think he's done that. I don't think he's going to get many more minutes unless there's injuries or you know there is a real big dip in form for someone like Mount uh, or even you know William as well. So at the moment, I think... <sighs> For me, I actually think that it might do him a favor, at least for the U.S. national team, if he went out on loan in January to someone else. I don't think it's chucking the towel in too early at Chelsea if he actually did that, if he went back to Germany, if he went to Spain and said, you know what, I'm going to go on loan for six months to finish this season off. Chelsea can keep an eye on me. But this is a key time in my progression as a footballer. I'm 21 years old now, uh, play pretty regularly at Dortmund. I didn't come to Chelsea just to be, you know, a player that might play 20, 30 minutes a week. That's no good for Pulisic's development. We all know that. So if he's not playing by January and we're still talking and having the same situations that we are now, guys, I would say he has to go out on loan, not only for his own future uh, as a footballer, but for the U.S. national team. Because, as you said, World Cup qualifying is just around the corner. And we know how heavily the U.S. relied on him last time. And that's going to be tenfold this time because he's clearly, clearly head and shoulders their best player right now. 
who would start that conversation? Is that a conversation Pulisic has with Chelsea, or do you think Chelsea would go to Pulisic and say, we think it's best to put you on loan? Depends. Depends how he feels. Um, but I would say probably Pulisic would be the one who would usually address that. Um, Chelsea obviously have a lot of situation, uh, a lot of uh, experience Sorry, in the loan market and loaning players out. That's not alien to them at all. But with their transfer ban, that might be the only thing that kind of works not in his favour as well, because are they really going to loan a player out who they paid $73 million for, who they know can perform and, and do okay, uh, and then risking you know, not being around if they do have a few injuries in the second half of the season. So that's something else to consider. And Chelsea might be a little bit greedy there and say, you know what, it probably is better for you to go out on loan, but we need you just in case. And that's pretty much worst-case scenario for the US and for Pulisic, right? It's kind of... You can you can train, you can maybe play a few games in the under-23s, the under-21s, but uh, we're just going to keep you around just in case. And, uh, you know, I was speaking to some people around Chelsea and who know the club really well, and they actually brought up something interesting to me at the weekend. This is before I spoke to Christian after the game against Brighton, and they said it would have probably done it better to come to Chelsea a few years ago and spent a year or so in the academy, uh, maybe breaking through the first team. And, and they kind of see that his... <sighs> personality or the way that um, he's developed as a player isn't quite as developed as some of someone like Hudson Adoy, who's still a teenager. And right now, you'd have to say, it is way ahead of, of Pulisic and the pecking order at Chelsea. So, again, it's early days for him. I'm not trying to sound too negative. He, he has had some good performances. Uh, but it's not been the start that he would have hoped for. And uh, I think most people at Chelsea would want to see a little bit more from so th this conversation with Pulisic at Chelsea is a very layered conversation because there are factors with veteran players who could be on their way out of the club, and that's William and Pedro, and that could impact Pulisic's minutes going forward. Uh, there is a youth movement going with Chelsea because of a transfer ban and because of the talent they have at the youth level. And so you have guys like Mason Mount and hudson Adoy taking minutes away from Pulisic. And then you have the layer of, well, should Christian Pulisic go on loan? And all of these are questions and layers to the, the main point of how does Christian Pulisic get more playing time? So I guess I'll just ask it this way, Joe. How does, what is the best way for Pulisic to get more playing time? Is it to go on loan? Is it for him to stay at Chelsea and compete and get those minutes and earn those minutes? Or is it to wait around for guys like William and Pedro to kind of move on from the club? I honestly think, you know, right now, the way I, when I spoke to him, I saw the fire in his eyes and the determination is still there. I think he wants to stay at Chelsea for at least one season and see it out and see, you know, have a great preseason next year. Um, you know, try and work his way into the lineup because there's a lot of games coming up. Um, so I think it's probably better for him to stay around and be involved in Chelsea uh, in terms of getting used to living in England, playing in the Premier League, different style of football, getting a bit more comfortable in the squad. Um, so I think to get minutes, he still has to prove himself on the training pitch. Lampard's talked about that already. Pulisic told me himself he needs to train harder, work harder, train better, basically, and show up in training and show that, you know, he belongs there and he deserves to play. So I'd say probably short-term, best situation for him is to try and work in some minutes in the cup competitions here, the League Cup, FA Cup, uh, Champions League, if Chelsea are already through in the group stages. And he just has to take these opportunities. You know, he, he has had opportunities so far. don't think he's really taken them. Uh, and if I was Christian Pulisic, 
I would try and stay at Chelsea for as long as I could for the first 12 months and then reassess next summer and say, you know, I've, I know what I've, I'm, I'm doing here now. They know what to expect of me. And then you've given it a good crack and a good shot. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a really interesting question. It's not something I expected to be talking about this early in the season, to be honest, lads. Uh, <laughs> I thought it would go a lot better for him. But uh, at the moment, there is a, a kind of a lot of negativity around him and also the U.S. national team fan base. And I think that's kind of feeding off one another at the moment. Yeah, we sound like a bunch of uh, entitled weenies, don't we, Joe? <laughs> no, no, not necessarily. <laughs> I know. I saw that on Twitter over the weekend that we sounded like a bunch of that, that. We just expected him to go in there and start every single match, which I don't think is the case. But the last thing for me on this is just, and it's the one thing we haven't talked about, is the money that Chelsea invested in Christian Pulisic. Because you know, I I know that that's part of the story here. They didn't invest in him to play in the Carabao Cup or to to necessarily loan him out. So so, what role does the money paid? For Christian Pulisic, how does that factor in in whatever decisions or whatever feelings or whatever part of the conversation we're having with him? Well, I mean, it kind of it, it puts more pressure on his shoulders to start with because you see Chelsea fans all of a sudden saying, "Hang on a minute, we spent you know fifty five million pounds on this player and he he can't even get off the bench. Like, what are we doing? That's a poor business decision." But when you actually look at it, there's no doubt about it that Pulisic was bought. To, sell jerseys in the U.S. to help Chelsea's profile uh, go up a few notches across the USA. Um, and that probably increased the transfer fee by 15, maybe even $20 million. So, um, I, of course, clubs take calculated risks. I think with Pulisic's case, obviously had a decent couple of seasons at Dortmund, wanted to kind of leave coming towards the end of his contract. I think it was pretty much the best deal he could get financially. And I think Dortmund did really well financially. And at the moment, I don't think Chelsea would maybe be saying the same. But even if, you know, it doesn't work out for him, I'm not sure they would have lost too much money on the deal. But um, he needs to be playing regularly. And if he is, then I'm sure financially Chelsea will do okay out of it. Even if he leaves after two or three years having, you know, played 15, 20 games a season. He still is the best American player that, uh, has ever been produced in terms of just one-on-one ability. And he still has a lot of potential and a lot of years ahead of him, even if it doesn't work out at Chelsea. But uh, finances come into it, and I think it doesn't help him out, if I'm honest, because uh, all of a sudden there's just extra pressure mm-hmm. and extra questions on, it, on his head, you know, to say, why is he not doing this now? We, we expected the finish article. Uh, we've got kids in the academy who are younger than him and playing better. So how how is this working out right now? So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot for him to take on board. And uh, Chelsea uh, and the Premier League in particular is not exactly a, a forgiving place. Let's let's say that. So yeah. uh, he's he's got to grow up pretty quickly. Yeah, Joe, I, I try to I try to warn everyone. He, uh, Pulisic was not going to replace Eden Hazard. Although yeah. Pulisic has better numbers than Eden Hazard this season. Wow, okay. um, Joe Prince, right? Joining us here on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. I want to feel better about myself, Joe, because we've been talking about Chelsea and Pulisic not playing for the club for the past couple of minutes. Let's talk about Tottenham losing by a lot in Champions League. (laughs) Bayern Munich Spurs. Uh, We're recording this interview uh, an hour or two before Chelsea play their Champions League match. So we're not sure if Pulisic is even in the lineup. Uh, But we were able to digest that, that thriller between Munich and Tottenham. What was your takeaway from that one, Joe? Shocking, really. I mean, Spurs didn't play too badly in the first half, but 
then to get blown away in that fashion, that just shows me there's so many issues behind the scenes at Tottenham. Uh, where do we start? The players, Aldevira, Aldevatongan, uh, Ericsson, all coming towards the end of their contracts. It just feels like the natural end of a five-year cycle under Pochettino. These players have given their all for Tottenham. Let's not forget that. This squad of players have overachieved season after season after season. And it just feels like it's caught up with them. Maybe a few players are a little bit annoyed that they couldn't get their big move away or, or Daniel Levy isn't. Uh, dipping his hand further into his pocket to pay them big wages. And obviously Deli Alley is struggling. There's a few other players there. Some of the new signings haven't quite worked out in recent seasons. So it's almost like a perfect storm, if you will, with the new stadium uh, coming into it as well and, and fans sort of expecting naturally, oh, we've got a new stadium. We reached the Champions League final. Now we've got to be challenging for the Premier League. We have to at least be in a Champions League semi final. So. Pochettino's got to deal with all of that while trying to stay calm. And honestly, lads, I've known him for a long time since he came to England in his early days at Southampton. And then obviously he's done a great job since he's moved to Tottenham. But Poch has been showing signs of pressure a lot. The last six to eight months, he's become a lot more uh, combative, shall we say. He's talking about this agenda against Tottenham Hotspur. And it's a bit strange. And it always kind of leading up to what I think is the natural end point for this Tottenham squad and for Pochettino. I'd, I'd be kind of shocked if he's still there at the end of this season. And I know that's kind of a big statement, uh, but with Man United and Real Madrid also having their struggles and looking over, um, if they wait a few more months, I, I think they could get Pochettino for nothing. He, he may be out of a job, uh, and that would save them a lot of money and compensation that they were going to pay, uh, it looked like, over the last few years. So he's a great manager. Spurs have got a lot of great players, uh, but that defeat last night just summed up just so many, so many problems brewing underneath the surface. Have been for a while. They're terrible away from home in the Premier League. Uh, and defensively, they're just making so many big mistakes this season. We've seen it time and time again, and it's very untottenham like uh, that Just the desire, the energy isn't there. And I'm really worried about Spurs. I don't think this is rock bottom yet for them. I mean, losing 7-2 at home in the Champions League, it's shocking, but I think there's worse days ahead for Tottenham Hotspur because uh, a slump like this just doesn't get solved overnight. It's been happening for a while. It's getting worse progressively. Uh, and I don't know what the end game is here for Tottenham. I think really the, the biggest thing for them is they don't finish in the top four. It, it's disastrous for them this season. Uh, and Pochettino obviously will pay the price for that. Man, I am flying high after that response. <laughs> that was amazing. That made me feel a lot better about Tottenham, Joe. Well, I, Tottenham fans won't be happy about that response, but I think a lot of them, even if they've been you know, trying to bury their head in the sand and look the other way, uh, I think that they'll admit that that's pretty much spot on because it's been something that's been going on for a while now. It's steady decline. And, you know, they had a great run to the Champions League final, didn't they? It was a fairy tale run. But that was just a little bit of a, a strange situation, wasn't it? Cup football, anything can happen. And it did paper over the cracks of, uh, you know, there's been a lot of those uh, at Spurs growing over the last few months. Wow. Uh, Joe Prince, right. Last thing for you on the way out. Um, I know you're in London and you're, we're, we're talking about Tottenham. We're talking about Chelsea. We're talking about 
about clubs at that level in the Premier League. Here in San Diego, we uh, recently were awarded a USL team. Landon Donovan is a part of this team. I know you're, you, you've been following this. I've seen you talk about it on social media. You and I have talked about it off the air as well. Uh, Landon Donovan, a part owner in the team. He is the executive VP of soccer for USL San Diego. Uh, Warren Smith coming down from Sacramento, part of the project as well. Just kind of what your thoughts are uh, with San Diego getting a USL championship side. Yeah, I think it's exciting for the city. You know, obviously the, the MLS bids have been around in the past, and uh, we all know about the soccer heritage in the city and you know clubs nearby. But I, I think it's going to be wonderful to see what this ownership group can do. Uh, Warren Smith did a great job setting things up at Sacramento, uh, and obviously Landon Donovan's name speaks for itself. I think naturally you're going to have managers and players who are going to want to come and play for a team that he's involved in, uh, first and foremost. So, um, yeah, sounds like they're hitting the ground running. Really excited to, you know, hopefully one day come and catch a game with you guys, hang out, grab a beer, and uh, watch them in action. That would be awesome. Uh, and I don't think you'd have to sell moving to San Diego to many players in the world. <laughs> they're kind of just ask, you know, where can I sign? Where's the pen? And uh, so they definitely have that uh, as at least up their sleeve. But I-, I think, you know, from an ownership point of view, in terms of Warren Smith, the way that he's, uh, done magnificently with his other sporting ventures, and then the name, the prestige of Landon Donovan. I think that's a home run there. So really excited to see how it goes for San Diego. Great. First round is on us, Joe. We appreciate all of your time. You're the best, man. Thank you for doing this, and thank you for all the great insight. That's all right, lads. Enjoy it. I'll speak to you soon. All right, there he is, Joe Prince Wright. You can follow him on Twitter at JPW underscore NBC Sports. So I think he did a really good job of at least, mm-hmm. and he, that's someone who is in London, someone who speaks with the player, who has a relationship with the club. Um, I think he, it sounds like he and I are on the same page. Like, he, let's see what it looks like after the year, not a couple matches in. But I'm, I am concerned. I'm not turning a blind eye to Pulisic. Mm-hmm. Like you said, World Cup qualifying is coming up in uh, August. The United States. Uh, not exactly taking that for granted, I would hope. So we asked the question on our Instagram page, Darren. We we did ask, will Pulisic turn it around at Chelsea? I think it's too early. Even the uh, even San Diego Spurs, Ben Foreman chimed in on our Instagram account. And he said, guys, like talk about this in a year. It's way too early to have this conversation. And I say, Ben, that is a very rational, well-thought-out response. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I, I agree with that as it relates to Chelsea. But again, some of us don't care about Chelsea. And, and again, I don't mean that like as a snipe on Jordan, because the group text does get a little rough. I'm like, how could he not play for Chelsea? This is like a terrible club. What are they even doing? I had to explain over the weekend why <laughs> the Premier League is better than the Bundesliga. Uh, I think you're a little, uh, I think you're overstating just a little bit that, that Chelsea is, is somehow so vastly superior to Dortmund. I, I think said you're Chelsea overstating is better than Dortmund bit. because the argument against me is it's that debatable. Pulisic took a step down in league and club. That was a direct quote from that text. Debatable. <laughs> I, the, the, the club part is debatable. Dortmund and Chelsea least, is debatable. I know it's fun, man. Making fun of Chelsea. I need it's to make debatable. fun of Chelsea. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Please. Chelsea and Dortmund are, uh, to me, about... The, you're, you're in the same boat. Okay, you're wrong. But continue. But I know. It's the almighty Premier League. So, of course, Premier it's League, always better than European everything else. trophies that Dortmund doesn't win. I mean, it's it's a lot of things that make Chelsea better than Dortmund. You okay. might like the fans more. <laughs> okay, you like, might like the atmosphere more. But come on, Chelsea in the Prem versus... Dortmund's one of the biggest clubs in the world, correct? Yeah, they're one of the biggest clubs okay, in the world. Then there you go. That's all I'm saying. I think that, that no. you're making it seem like like Dortmund's the junior varsity that's, and Chelsea's the varsity. I don't think... No, that's it's not like the, Dortmund that's not my and Chelsea perception. and then Barca a couple steps below there and then you have like United. <laughs> 
Like that's my that's my pyramid of <laughs> soccer clubs. And where's Tottenham? Well, after this week, Darren, they're they're looking for a new manager. Wow, that's I'd, Joe Prince Wright. How about that? You response? know, and it's not just him. There's a writer named Jonathan Wilson who writes for the Guardian. He has it out. He's had it out there for a couple of weeks. He's like Pochettino is. Like, this isn't going to last. So this is it. Sometimes it just runs its course. It's run its course. How did it run its course so quickly? They were just in the Champions League. Did I miss something? They were just in the Champions League final. They were. Is what I meant to say. And that was their shot. That's Remember it? Pochettino at the time was like, hey, if we win this, I might walk. I might walk away. And at the time it was perceived, well, maybe he's just saying that. Well, maybe there was something to it. You know, maybe there was a little something to it that he realized he could go as far as he could possibly go with that club. And I don't know that I'll ever get that opportunity again. But I'll tell you, Joe Prince Wright just took it to another level. He's like, they haven't even bottomed out yet. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, we asked the question on Instagram. Will Pulisic turn it around at Chelsea? I say give it time. Do you think he'll turn it around at Chelsea? Yes, I think over time, you know, I, I don't know I don't have any reason to think that, you know, Lampard hates him or, you know, Lampard wasn't the manager when they signed him, so he's going to favor the the um English players ahead. I don't have any, you know, that's just spitballing, you know, that's just speculative. But again, it's I, I don't I don't have time to worry about him turning it around. I think over a long enough timeline, he's talented enough that, yeah, he will if he's determined to do it. Again, my concern is, how does this impact World Cup qualifying? <laughs> that's all I, that's, I swear that's all I care about. Right. It's really all I care about. Right. Well, our audience, 50-50. It's a, it's a split right down the middle. That's a good poll. If Pulisic's going to turn it around at Chelsea. We also asked what club is a perfect fit for Pulisic. We got a couple United answers, which is not the right answer. If you put United, you're wrong. No. I saw some Tottenham answers. Here's the perfect would you club feel comfortable form. with Pulisic going to Tottenham? No, Jordan. Where I would feel comfortable is where Christian Pulisic's going to play. That's all. I mean, that's it. Like it could be it. anywhere. Just I, let him play. I, I, I think he needs minutes. We're one of the we're we're people who want our players to go to Europe and compete. Right. Well, I'm not saying he should play in MLS. I'm just saying he should play. <laughs> I mean, he should play for a European club. Oh, so you're if not that's in Amsterdam, the or Galaxy. If that's the Netherlands, right? USL San Diego. Maybe we'll have Pochettino manage USL San Diego, and Pulisic will be out on loan. That'd be a great way to get <laughs> Landon, pull some strings, would you? Can you pull some strings for us? We just want Pulisic and Potch. They, they're both That's available. All. That's all. They yeah. might both be available. I'm just going to go ahead and tweet USL San Diego the rest of the day. Announce Pulisic. Announce Pulisic. I just, I, I just want him to play. Pulisic. I just don't want his confidence yeah. eroding. I don't I want, want him to play, too. Minutes. I know you do. But, you know but what again, I was thinking? But you're also, you need to think as a Chelsea supporter, you need to be thinking about, well, what's in the best interest of Chelsea? I mean, do you guys think like you're going to be a top four club? Right now, no. Because, you know, the whole William Pedro thing is is saying, I'm like, well, I thought this was the time where Chelsea was going to turn into a new chapter here and just play a bunch of young players, which, you know, is why I'm confused about the whole William Pedro stuff. Well, they weren't playing early on, but now they're getting William was hurt, right? Right. So Pedro, too. They both came back, and Lampard thinks they're better than uh, Pulisic right now. Yeah, and they might be. But again, I, you know, I think that part of the bigger picture is I also don't know what priorities Chelsea has. I know I know that Pulisic doesn't need to be their priority. It's just my priority as right. a U.S. fan. Well, I have this but then again, I already said I'm going to start rooting for the Netherlands. I think I narrowed it down to the Netherlands or Colombia. And I need a new alternative team, too, because I would always root for Belgium. And now, the, I, now I hate that side. And the other part Eden about Hazard's it is... Hazard's gone? Like, forget Belgium. I could sit here and crap all over Chelsea. But, you know, there's another side of this. Like, maybe our best player isn't good enough. 
And you know, that's, well, right now he's not good enough to play for Chelsea. But that's the part of the conversation that I don't even really want to entertain. I'd rather just sit here and shit all over Lampard and <laughs> make fun of you on group text. Right. Because yes. I don't want to consider the possibility, maybe this guy isn't that good. I think he's really good. I and think I think he he's going to continue to compete. And I think he will earn more playing time as the season and his contract moves forward with Chelsea. And the picture that I had going into the season of Pulisic scoring game-winning goals and me being in this group text message and sending a bunch of Chelsea love and then Darren at one point being like, you know what? I supported the wrong club this whole time. I'm coming to London. <laughs> that that image is starting to get a little blurry for me and I'm hoping it comes it becomes a little bit more clear uh, as the years go on with Pulisic and Chelsea. But we'll see what happens. It's very early and this conversation should not be had for another year at least. So that's why we had a 30-minute conversation about it today. Well, again though, but Joe's there. Joe Prince Wright's there and he said it is a little worrying if you're a fan of the US men's national team. Those are his words. Yeah. He doesn't think he'll go on loan, but that is a conversation. I don't. I wouldn't be against that. Because you want him to have plans. But I mean, Joe also is like, hey, maybe he should go for the under twenty threes. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know that that's a terrible idea. It's not what anybody pictured. But under twenty threes out on loan, like yeah, like for me, it's it's you know getting minutes for a club, like like not just you know, and I'm not saying he's got to just go anywhere, but um, you know this this isn't. I think in the long run, I think I'll look and say, hey, this was a, an important part of my development as a 21-year-old, was being humbled. I hope that that's what we're talking about. But you'll forgive all of us. You're like, uh, we sort of worried that this was going to happen, and it seems like it's happening. That's all I'm saying. Right. right. But Joe's great. Joe Prince Wright is phenomenal. Fantastic. And speaking with the player over the weekend, hopefully he'll be able to speak with Christian soon. Uh, we'll have Joe Prince right on the podcast soon. Darren, that's all I have today. It's a lot of Pulisic, some Champions League conversation. I don't have a lot on USL San Diego. I think our next podcast, we're going to go a lot more. We'll go deeper into USL San Diego. They've, oh, yeah. Uh, they just announced um, a, uh, a lead investor and uh, principal owner. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. I think that there's more news coming for USL San Diego. So... Stay tuned for that. They are releasing the news here. We're into the month of October, but I know that uh, they announced uh, a local owner, Jordan, which I thought was very, very good. And you're going to forgive me because I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but um, he's a local guy. Heavy, uh, I've been told from the people who run the club, who we've already met, who we've introduced you to, that, that we're going to love him. He loves soccer. He loves San Diego. So what's not to love about him? Exactly. So we'll have a little bit more... Uh on USL San Diego coming up next week. So Chelsea Champions League, USL San Diego, the scarf is here. Pena scarf. Feel free to send us swag. We're uh, we're asking some of the members of USL San Diego to help us up, help us out with uh, with this layout in here. I think we could actually pin scarves. Now that I'm looking at the material on the wall, Darren, I was trying to picture how to put up all our scarves from around San Diego behind us. And it looks like we can just pin stuff into this wall, right? Would we get in trouble for that? Uh, I'm not I, I, an employee Well, you wouldn't. Here. I'm, I'm an employee here. So I would just blame you and be like, I don't know. The guy that doesn't work here is just making a mess of the joint. Yeah, Andrew Vasiliadis, San Diego native, youngest principal owner in USL championship history. San Diego's home for me and both club. And uh, both club and I are here to stay. So go to USL San Diego and you can learn more about your new owner. 36 years old. 36 years old. Says in a video released by the club that he, uh, for as long as he's been old enough to drink, he's been hanging around Shakespeare and watching soccer. So that makes him either a United fan or a Chelsea fan. Christian Pulisic becomes a reality.